Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your host is Becky Olson. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Becky Olson. Hello, and welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Michelle Beck, and I'm the patient programs assistant here at Breast Friends. I am filling in for Becky as she could not be here today, but I am also so honored and excited to be a co-host of this show going forward. A little bit about me. I am a two-year, excuse me, two-time nine-year cancer survivor, and so I have quite a bit of experience in what we're going to talk about today, and I'm so excited to welcome someone here with me today. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. My name's Yvonne Nydigger, and I'm the Director of Programs at Best Friends, and it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, I've been a guest on the show many times, and it just it's so close to my heart, and it makes me feel very connected to um, just the heart of what Best Friends is all about. So thank you for having me here today. Well, thank you for being here. Today, we're going to talk about transitions in life, especially those after cancer and how to deal with them. I was going to be a guest today with Becky interviewing me, but as she could not be here, I have asked my mentor, Yvonne, to chat with me. You may have heard a little bit about my story on the Encore show last week about finding your twinkle, but today we're going to dig a little bit deeper on how my life changed after cancer. You know, and it's interesting, Michelle, this topic is so important. Um, I, as the director of programs, I speak with so many women, and one of the things that is top on their mind is, you know, first of all, the transition that happens when you are first diagnosed, just how your life, I think you and I have talked about the the fact that it's about uh, flipping a coin and going from being heads to suddenly being tails. And just the idea of everything becoming so new and so different so quickly. And then as you start to move out from your, your treatment process, that transition back into the real world. So I think this is an incredibly powerful topic for us to go over today. And the fact that you yourself have made so many transitions, you know, maybe tell us a little bit, what are some of the major transitions that you have have had in your life? Thanks, Yvonne. When I was thinking about this today, I really was focusing on three things that have majorly affected my life. Um, One, I moved from Southern California, where I was a native of, to Oregon 13 years ago for a job. I had needed a life change, and I started looking at different places to live. And I moved here to Oregon knowing one person (laughs) for a job. (laughs) Thankfully, it all worked out, and I met my future husband six weeks later, which led to a completely new life for me. That was a choice, and it worked out wonderfully. The following thing, which led to another large transition for me was choosing to be a stay-at-home mom after being a working career woman for 18 years. Mm-hmm. I had had my son a little bit later in life at 39 and it was a ma- it was wonderful, but I knew that I wanted to spend as much time with him as I possibly could. And so I chose to stay home, which led to some ups and also some downs. <laughs> It's a little bit crazy when you do that, and then after a while, you're like, gosh, what's my purpose? And that kind of led to so many different things in life, but, you know, I've never regretted it. The final thing which really has changed my life and 
really led to me transitioning to some other things was finding out that I had a second occurrence of breast cancer in my other breast. Oh my gosh, that's just that's just so much to take in and and I can only imagine especially, you know, again, still being a young mom at that time and you know having to to go back down that path a second time. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that that upheaval? Yes, um it it's uh, it still brings back memories. Um I'm not sure actually you do know this many breast cancer survivors report having some PTSD. And I definitely do when I think about my diagnosis time. The second time around was insane. It completely threw my life into turmoil. This was something I did not choose. I thought I was doing the best I could to prevent it. I was trying to be healthy. And I really went through a period of why me? Yeah, that would be, I'm sure, everyone's first question. And again, you know, just just having that happen, uh, especially because I think I remember that you were actually doing um, something at the time to keep that from happening. Yes, I had my first time around. I was diagnosed in early 2012, and I had a lumpectomy and radiation that my cancer was not advanced and I was given the options and that is what I chose at the time. I was taking tamoxifen, which was the normal medication that was prescribed for my type of cancer. I I was trying to be healthy. I was being busy with my son and but it really when I got it again, it knocked the wind out of me. I thought I was safe. Yeah, and you were kind of an exception to the rule because um, tamoxifen usually does work as an umbrella, but you had a, a condition within your body that made it not as, as effective as it normally would be. So, you know, that was a huge upheaval, and I can only imagine, you know, how you even managed that second diagnosis. Why don't you tell us a bit about that? Yes, Um I literally went into emotional chaos. I was incredibly scared. Personally, I have a family history. My grandmother passed from metastatic cancer in 2008. And for me, it was a part of watching her over time. And it terrified me that that was going to happen to me too. So when I got it the second time, it brought back so many memories. And I was incredibly scared. Um, the first thing that you think of is, oh my gosh, what what's going to stop this from coming back? What what am I what am I going to do this time? And so, I I often joke that you know, um, the first time <laughs> I, I think back on this now, and I made a lot of jokes at the time of my <laughs> second di- the time of my second diagnosis because it was either laugh or cry. And I joke, my first occurrence was in my right breast. My second occurrence was in my left breast. And so I joke that the the other one felt left out. So it was like, hey, <laughs> you know, come pay some attention to me. Well, overachiever, overachiever. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely paid attention to both of them again that time. And I chose a bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction. And I removed my ovaries because my body obviously produced a lot of estrogen despite the tamoxifen and my cancer fed on estrogen. So it was either get monthly shots to stop my estrogen production 
or take the ovaries out. And I decided they needed to be gone. (laughs) It was an incredibly hard decision, but as I was done having children, didn't need any of the parts anymore, I got rid of them. There you go. Unfortunately... Oh, go well, ahead. And, 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 you know, like so many other women, um, I would imagine menopause sort of hit you like a ton of bricks. Yes, I am cursed by every single side effect of menopause. The weight gain, the hot flashes, the mood swings. Ask my husband about those. He's super <laughs> excited about that. One thing that I am really still struggling with is the weight gain. But also emotionally, I was a hot mess. And I shed so many tears in 2017. I cannot even tell you. I, you know, and, and I, I think, again, um, like so many women, you know, you hear these words and you think the treatment process is going to be where so much of the, of the anxiety and the stress and all the things that are going to happen are going to happen during that time period. But what you learn very quickly is that it's that time when you're finished with treatment and all of those side effects, the menopause, the hot flashes, you know, the mood swings, and just the reality of what you've been through tends to hit. I think that's that precipice of when the transition of what you've just gone through starts to happen. So, yeah, it's it's understandable that women become, um, I, I think the term red-hot mess is appropriate for two reasons. Number one, we're a red-hot emotional mess, but number two, we're, we glow in the dark because we're <laughs> <more>, So, <laughs> yes, we so, had to. Yeah, Sorry. we've had to, you know, we've had to. And, and you know, during that time period when you were really sort of getting your, your footing again, um, did you start to develop some coping mechanisms that really helped you? I did. And at the time, I did not even realize that I was doing them. I, you know, subconsciously, I knew that there was things that I needed to do to get my life back. My treatment period was six months from the time of surgeries, radiation, and getting on my, my hormone therapy. And, but after that, it was like, your treatment's done. Your doctors say, okay, bye-bye. And (laughs) it's like, what now? What am I supposed to do now? Because while you may have gotten the cancer out of my body, the effects of it are raging in my head, in my heart, and in my body. Yeah. Yeah. And I realize now when I was thinking about this that I really focused on four different areas to get to the place where I am today. My physical health. Oh, sorry. You're going to ask a question. No, no, I was going to go right ahead. (laughs) My physical health, my emotional well-being, finding my people. God, Mm -hmm. that's so important. And finally giving back to others who needed it. Yeah, those are two, those are actually four, four, you know, and isn't it interesting that whether you've gone through a diagnosis of cancer or you're just living your life, these are things that everyone should be aware of. But again, I think the the process of going through something so traumatic to go through a diagnosis of cancer 
um, it, it brings into focus the things that are, in fact, um, the things that, like you said, these are the things that you knew um, almost um, automatically, that these were things that would help you and that you needed to redirect your focus. So, you know, how has, with with discovering and rediscovering these important tools, how has it changed your own personal health by looking at them more closely? Sure. Really cultivating good habits, healthy habits, is so important for all cancer survivors, not just breast cancer. You are at a higher risk for additional health problems as a result of your treatment. Healthy behaviors allow you to get stronger, reduce the severity of your side effects, and also feel better emotionally because you're taking care of your body. I will admit, I've never been a super fit person. I've not one to say, oh gosh, I've got to go to the gym today and I'm only going to eat healthy food. I'm more of the carpe diem type. Seize the day. Enjoy. I love food. I love entertaining and not working out. <laughs> you know, point blank. That's 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 just me in a nutshell. Um, but because of all those things, I've really had to focus on some new behaviors. And the first one I think is super important is adopting a healthy diet. For me, this is a this is a work in progress. I you know I love food. I love carbs. I love pasta. But I am trying to limit them because I know that it's not good for me. You've had radiation. You've heard the words. You have cancer. It's amazing how many times I pull that out of my hat because it's it. And I think every woman out there that's gone through this realizes that that is that moment when you go, oh, I've got a really good excuse for not remember what I was thinking. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So you're Um, all good. (laughs) Sorry. Let's go back to my food. (laughs) Um, Always. Yeah, it always goes back to food with me. What menopause has really done to me. I've literally changed nothing in the way that I eat or how I eat, and I gained 40 pounds. So it's really forced me to make some changes, which I'm working on. It's definitely one of the biggest challenges that I have right now. Um, Another one is limiting your alcohol intake. There's definitely been studies on this, and you can look them all up, but I try to focus on if I'm going to have a cocktail or a glass of wine, I keep it to one. Because anything more than that, I feel like crap. But also, I'm almost 50, and that just comes with age. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing that has been super helpful for me, especially in the past six months, is exercise. I have decided, my husband and I, since we couldn't really get out of the house, thank you, coronavirus, um, we bought a Peloton bike. And I have to say that I'm a convert. I now feel guilty on the days that I can't get on that bike and I love it. I've developed that Pavlovian habit that is like just super awesome. And I have a sign next to my desk now, one of those word boards you can make, you know, your own things. And it says, have you Pelotoned today? <laughs> so I'm going to be jumping on there as soon as I get off this show because it's important to me now. And I know that it's super important to my health The final thing that is really, really important is managing your stress. And as we know, we are in a pandemic right now, and this is incredibly difficult. So it is really 
there's so much being said right now about self-care, but it is so important. Find the time to take care of yourself. Have time for yourself. Find places to relax. Read a book. Just have time to yourself and really relax. And I know how hard that is. Um, It also leads into something I think we're going to talk about on the next break is really personal reflection and finding our support systems to help manage that stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So I think we're going to be taking a short break right now and stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A dot com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Yvonne Neidegger, and I'm here with Michelle Beck today as we are talking about transitions and how transitions can affect us at any time in our lives, but especially during a diagnosis of cancer. So, Michelle, you were sharing a little bit with us before about some of the things that you have learned to help you um, manage some of the transition you were going through. But, you know, what kind of things emotionally and, and just your outlook on life and the world around you did you find happening when you went through your diagnosis? Thanks, Yvonne. It definitely changed the way I look at the world because no day is guaranteed for any of us. But when you have a life-threatening disease, and granted, mine was early stage both times, it's still cancer. And I know now that every day that I wake up is a good day. Despite the aches and the pains that I have, 
I am fortunate enough to be here to feel them and to experience the highs and the lows of life every day. Mm. I tell my family and my friends that I love them often, and I do my best to not take anything for granted now. Amen. Isn't that just um, that ability to suddenly learn what's truly important? Um, And and not to say that uh, we don't know that at the core of us, but again, I think going through a diagnosis of cancer, so many women talk about the fact that um, that realization of what really matters to them is a smaller, smaller picture than what they might have thought before. It becomes something very intrinsic about who we are. So, yeah, you're really, you're really right on with that. And was there something specific that you remembered about your journey that, that sticks with you, something that you, you kind of felt like, oh, yeah, that, that was something that stuck with me? Definitely, and it actually came from you. When I w- <laughs> oh no, <laughs> well, so so many things of my post cancer journey have come from you, and I am forever grateful. But one thing which you say over and over again, because it is bears worth bears repeating. I realize that no matter how small or how big someone's cancer journey is, hearing the words "you have cancer." still have the same impact. As you often say, here we go, and excuse my French, it doesn't matter how big the dog shit you step in is, you still stepped in dog shit. And it still stinks. (laughs) And it still stinks. And, And no matter how big or how small your cancer journey is, and and that's not saying that any cancer journey is small, more so in the things you have as your treatment plan. Um, It's just so important to be heard and understood no matter what you go through. And that is a part of evaluating the life that is around you and the people that are around you. Yeah, and I think you know the the it, the crux of the analogy is that so many women um, would come to me and they'd say, "Oh, gee, I only had this," or "I feel guilty because I didn't lose my hair." And how can I possibly complain to a woman who has has experienced that? And they felt that their journey with cancer almost came up short. You know, the fact that you didn't lose your beautiful hair is a wonderful thing, but it carries a certain level of almost almost guilt and um, the analogy came about because I kept hearing this over and over again and I wanted women to understand that the minute you hear the word you have cancer is a transitional moment it's a moment when you go from being the person who doesn't have cancer to the woman who does have cancer, regardless of how much, how little, how advanced your treatments are or how short they are. It is still the word that changes and creates this opportunity for transition in your life for good or for bad. So, you know, and that kind of leads us into the, the next question I want to ask you. And that was, you know, what did you find out that's truly important in your life as you transitioned through your second diagnosis especially yes definitely uh this differs for everyone but for me first and foremost my family i am determined to not miss out on any any of life's events with them going forward um my son was almost two at my first diagnosis six at my second and he's almost 10 now 
And I have so much life to lead with him and my husband and my family. This past summer was my and my husband's 10-year wedding anniversary. We had started planning a trip to Mexico the prior October 2019, (laughs) pre-COVID, and we booked a vow renewal in Cabo, invited our closest friends and family. Mind you, that's like 75 people. Me too. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you were going to be there. And then COVID hit and everything became a cluster. And we went back and forth on, should we go? Should we not go? Should we cancel? Should we postpone? And finally, we made the decision, screw it, we're going. We were safe. We wore masks. We hand sanitized like crazy. The resort we went to was 16% capacity. We had almost the entire place to ourselves. It was fabulous. And we renewed our vows on the beach in front of six family members instead of the number we had hoped for, but it was still magical. We have masks that say Mr. and Mrs. 2020. (laughs) And... It's a trip that we will always remember, and I'm so glad we did not let circumstances control our lives because who knows when we would have done that trip again. I'm not going to let fear rule my life or the fact that I had cancer rule my life. Yeah, and like um, you said, you know, you made you made new memories that were unexpected and different, and um, you know, you'll you'll definitely look back on those photos. I've seen the Mister and Mrs. masks; they're fabulous, and you know, that's going to be something that you and Nate will always share. So, yeah, it is it it is surprising how you what is, what is the saying you you know you made lemonade out of the lemons you were given. So. Yeah, actually, I think we made margaritas. Yeah, good girl, good girl. <laughs> um, one other thing which has stuck with me, I have an amazing nurse navigator here locally, and she was there for my first journey. She actually gave me my second diagnosis because the doctor wasn't available. But she is also a seven, excuse me, fifteen-year survivor of triple negative cancer, and she just posted something which really sings to me. Here we go. Without cancer, I was not living, not truly living. I am better because of cancer. I live differently and more passionately because of cancer. I have a son that I parent differently because of cancer. My eyes are open. My friendships are stronger. My bond with others who walk this journey beside me is unbreakable. Isn't that amazing? And I I know her as well. And she has been an angel for so many women, which, you know, a big shout out to all of our nurse navigators out there, um, you know, across the country and across the world. I think there is no more noble career choice than that of a nurse. And uh, women who go through cancer diagnoses is, are always saying that, uh, that person who was by their side, that that nurse who made sure they were comfortable, is the person that they will take with them in their heart past their journey. So to all you nurses out there right now who might be listening, please know that what you do and who you are is not um, not left unnoticed and not um, not remembered. We are grateful for you every day. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, you know, talking about other women and going through the same 
types of experiences and a lot of what you've you've mentioned today are things that I'm sure there are a lot of women out there right now that are going, yeah, I've had, you know, the same type of thing happen, you know, whether they've gone through cancer with COVID and they've experienced, you know, incredibly different um, opportunities to gather with friends and family, but people have still made it special or, you know, they've had people in their lives that have made a difference or they've made life shifts. You know, what are some other things that you might recommend to women who may be overwhelmed by just rethinking their life after their diagnosis of cancer? It is very scary to realize that, oh my gosh, I might need to rethink my life. And that is totally normal. Um, Some of the things that I found really helpful as I was trying to work through these scary feelings and questions, uh, I have a list here. So uh, look back at your old patterns and priorities to see if they're still relevant to you you need to decide what what is the most important and for me as I said it was my family and now over time I'm also adding my career to that so I'm kind of becoming a new person in a lot of ways something else that really will help you in this process is if it's something that is part of your life getting spiritual support from your local church pastor hospital or even through cancer organizations, they are here to help you. And if faith is a big part of your journey, lean into it because a positive attitude is huge. The way you really think and frame your thoughts is so very important. Um, One thing that I found out that is super, super important for me, I love to, I love to write. So I started to keep a journal and then I started to blog privately. And then I realized that I am an oversharer. I like <laughs> I like to talk about everything as part of my cancer journey. And now I write about some things that aren't even a part of my journey. But I still like to write. And I wanna I like to get it out there because if anything that I've gone through can help someone else, that is huge to me. And I feel like that my days are better if I can help someone every day. Another thing that is super important is finding ways to support your own emotional well-being. Like I said earlier, part of managing stress, but trying new activities or joining a social group. Um, I think, I don't know if I mentioned earlier, I've started to color at night in adult coloring books. It helps me de-stress and I love it now because my son has seen what I'm doing and now he does it with me. So that is now a super fun way for both of us to interact together. And I find it so funny that she's coloring because you have to understand uh, a while back I started painting and she um, held up a hand to me and she says, nope, I don't have a single artistic bone in my body. I do not want to ever try art because art is not my friend. And I said, well, why don't you get a coloring book because you really can't screw that up. And it was like a light bulb went off over her head. Now I just, it just makes my heart so happy because she's sharing pictures. I told her I want one to put on my refrigerator because I feel like, you know, okay, if you're going to color, you, you've got to give me one to put on my refrigerator. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yay. yay. <laughs> my goal. Yeah, that, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no. And that's, that's the thing, you know, as you start to open yourself up to different ways to help support yourself, sometimes things happen that you least expect. You find a new 
as you had mentioned, you know, finding your passion for writing, um, finding that sense of accomplishment there. What a wonderful thing. So, you know, I do know one other thing that you mentioned there was, you know, joining a social group, but that kind of leads us into the next question of, you know, how did finding support from other people help you as you were going through? It was huge. I, myself, and I know cancer survivors benefit from talking and sharing that experience with others. A survivorship support group like Breast Friends, what I found is huge and it's a great place to gain emotional support. You can gather practical tips and tools, you can share, you can vent, you can discuss treatment related challenges like pain management or fear of recurrence or what life after cancer looks like. Um, if you don't have a group like this in your area, find a friend who gets it. One in eight women in the United States will have breast cancer. And if not breast cancer, there's a ton of other cancers out there. Find someone who has been through it so you can share so you're not, you don't feel alone. And it's not just you. Also, if you have the option available, individual counseling or therapy huge. I did that as well for a while, had a wonderful therapist, and she actually walked me through some visualization, whereas I'm in a beautiful forest, I find this wonderful tree, and it has a door in it with a glowing light, and inside the tree, there is this beautiful sparkling light, and I imagined a wizard looking a lot like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings (laughs) with a staff, because man, I want that staff, Um, but showering me with anti-cancer light. And so whenever I'm literally having a bad day, in my head I go to that tree still and I go find it. Um, So those are definitely some ways that have worked for me, but I cannot tell you how important finding that support group really is overall. It's, It's just amazing and I am so fortunate to have found it. Good. Yeah, no, it's um it's important to have those kind of external influences on our journey because if we internalize too much and we try to manage it ourselves, um, we just build things in. So no, you're definitely um you're definitely right on with going outside yourself for things. And you know, we talk a lot at um now this is gonna going to be a a tough one, but we talk a lot about silver linings. And, you know, that is one of the things that as we transition through a diagnosis, we start to realize that there are things that we've had or people we've met that have become a silver lining from this journey. You know, tell us about your silver lining and I'll try not to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 100% my silver lining of cancer is you. Mm -hmm. Um, I... You are, while you may be my boss and my mentor, you are also one of my very best friends. And sometimes we even share the same brain. (laughs) We do. (laughs) We finish each other's thoughts and sentences. And I cannot imagine a life without you in it. You as... Sorry, I, I'm I'm the one who's now tearing up right now. You are such a forever person in my life now and in my heart. And I'm so blessed by this. And anyone who knows us through the program, uh, we go by the moniker of Ying and Yang. And <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to let Yvonne tell a funny story about that. 
Yeah, I'll tell this story as we head out to break. So for almost a year, I had nicknamed us Ying and Yang. I said, oh, you're the Ying to my Yang because she she takes care of me and she is the other half of my brain cell, uh, especially when it comes to the computer. And about, oh, maybe a couple months ago, we were sitting at a meeting and I looked over at her because I had had an epiphany and I assumed she had no idea. I said, did you know that it's not Ying, that it's Yin? And she goes, oh, yeah, I knew that. I just, you know, thought it was so cute that you said it wrong all these times. <laughs> and I just laughed. I went, now that's a true friend that lets you be an idiot for an entire year and thinks it's cute. So, yeah, and, you know, and, and, and I know we're, we're heading out to break here quickly, but I'm going to say thank you because um, this is one of the biggest silver linings of all of our journeys with cancer is finding our person. And we do tend to find that person on our journey with another woman who gets it. So I too am eternally grateful for the fact that my cancer brought me to you, my ying to my yang. So, (laughs) all right, guys. Well, it looks like we're going to head out to another break, but we will be back to finish this conversation. Thanks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. Female cancers affect women, but women's effects are felt throughout our families, workplaces, and communities. Electa is driving advances in precision radiation medicine across our portfolio of devices. By enabling treatment that is highly responsive to changes in tumor shape, position, and biology, but doesn't compromise the health of surrounding tissue and the patient, we protect the moments that matter in the lives of women with female cancers and everyone they touch. Learn more at electa.com. That's E-L-E-K-T-A.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Everybody, welcome back. Uh, this is Yvonne Nidigger, and I'm back with Ying. <laughs> 
<laughs> my fabulous not only assistant but also my my silver lining to my cancer journey Michelle Beck um, and Michelle now we'll get into a part of the story that's close and near and dear to both of our hearts and that is the transition that you made from being a woman who had been diagnosed a second time with cancer a young mom um, a woman who had made the choice to stay home at that time and then suddenly um, was forced into this world of managing yet again uh, the the trauma of going through a diagnosis of cancer. And as you started to transition away from that time period, you know, you started to volunteer at Breast Friends. And um, why don't you share a little bit about what actually, you know, brought you in that magic door the day that you came in to see us the first time? Yes, the door that I walked in and I will metaphorically never leave. Exactly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) After I had cancer the first time, I went to a Komen conference here in town, and I was only, gosh, two months out from my first, my first surgery, and, but I still feel like I needed to do something, and I had a calling to give back to others, but I also had a toddler at home, and life took precedence, and I kind of moved on, and just put it in the back of my head. When I was diagnosed again four years later, my life completely changed and I feel like blew up. At this point, there was no way I could go back to my old career as being an executive assistant, nor did I want to, but I needed to do something. I took a very, very small part-time job at my son's school and I was not even able to do that for more than three days because (laughs) of the physical pain and exhaustion that I was in. I loved being at the school. I got to see my son and all of his friends, but I couldn't do it. Thankfully, I know the principal well, and I walked into her office crying and had to quit after three days, which, if you know me, that is not something that I do in my life. But I left that school, and I drove directly to Breast Friends. Hmm. It is a mile from my home. I cannot tell you how many times I've passed it. I'm like, oh, I don't need that. I'm fine, but... I needed it so badly, and I needed to feel useful again. It changed my life. I walked in that door, and I was welcomed into a whole new family with open arms as a volunteer, but also still as a patient, and I needed that support, and I had no idea how badly I needed it, but I was able to start volunteering and to repay the kindnesses that were given to me. And I hope that my experience is valuable to others who are newly diagnosed or in treatment. So very quickly on, I realized I was in the right place. Being a volunteer was so important. And for me, it was a wonderful way to build new friendships, which the women that I have met through Breast Friends and on this journey, I have just expanded my social circle so much because it's a big part of all of our lives now. It expanded my network of support and I'm doing something that makes me feel good. I I have skills. I've got mad computer skills and organizational abilities and who doesn't need that? And thankfully they appreciated it and uh, kept me going. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and um, I think women especially we're social beings 
and we travel better in a pack and we generally speaking have a need to verbalize and vocalize more than men do especially in circumstances like this and i or at least i should say we may not necessarily have more of a need but we have just embraced the idea that to talk about what we've been through and especially to talk about it and to be around other women who get it as we like to say at breast friends is uh, is almost part of the healing process. So, you know, you talk about walking in the door and wanting to help others and wanting to be there. It's that sense of purpose and that sense of connection um, with a community of women, of, of professionals who are all... In, of the same mind. We all understand each other. I love the fact that we don't have to um, complete a sentence before another <laughs> woman is already, you know, we can sit in a room with 10 of us and start to talk about hot flashes and everybody in the room nods their head. So as we're doing, both she and I are doing right now across mm-hmm. this computer screen, but it's it really speaks to the fact that, um, you know, being a part of an organization um, like Breast Friends, whether as a volunteer or finding a support system within your own community that you can connect to is going to help that transition in your life because it's going to give you a chance to vocalize with people who truly understands what you're going through. So, you know, again, back to volunteerism, you know, what else can people do as volunteers for other organizations? What are some other suggestions you might have if maybe they'd like to volunteer, but they're not sure what are the types of things they could look at? Sure. Yeah, if you're interested in volunteering, and if you have the time, I don't think there's much else that is as rewarding as that. Um, But think about your own strengths. What are you good at? What interests you? What areas of expertise do you have? And then figure out, you know, make a list of organizations that, you know, could really benefit from that. Um, Some of the most common types of opportunities to volunteer, service and support. That's how I started I went in with doing basic data entry and office duties, um, mailings, and or you can even work with patients. And I did a little bit of that too, because I was able to talk to them and you know give them some support and some some guidance, awareness and education, um, talking to outside organizations or groups about what the the company um, that you're volunteering for does. Everyone needs to be educated, so they could always use help with that. Uh, fundraising, which is huge for many organizations, especially a nonprofit like Breast Friends. We, we subsist on fundraising, and we're a small organization, but it's super important. It's not everyone's thing, but you know it's very necessary. So if you're a good salesperson and you believe in what you're doing, some organization needs your help. And advocacy, really helping again to get the word out there about early cancer treatment, early cancer detection, treatment options, and support options that are available. All of this is huge. And if you really have a heart to serve, there's organizations out there that will take that heart and work it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, sometimes people will say, you know, oh, gosh, I don't know that I really want to work in the cancer world. And I think coming through again, coming through a diagnosis makes you reevaluate and reassess what's important to your life. And maybe what's important to your life is working with animals 
Um, you know, I have a very dear friend of mine, and she has for years said that um, now that I'm retired, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work with animals because they are those those creatures that don't have a voice, and we need to help take care of them. And for her, that was her love language. That was her way of saying, I know I need to give back, but I'm, I'm going to give back in this way. And maybe it's a food bank or maybe it's helping out at the school, as you mentioned. You know, as, as much as we within the breast cancer community are always looking for women to come back within our program to help and assist other women, we also realize that some women, as they finish and transition, they are moving away from the arena. But do find a point in your life where volunteerism can be an important piece to your puzzle. I think it gives us a dimension that nothing else in life does. And I, I think it also can lead to so many other opportunities once you've given of yourself. And, you know, that's going to kind of lead me into, I know that, that your time at Breast Friends is actually leading you into some other opportunities. So let's talk a little bit about a few of those little twinkles that I know we sure. have in the horizon. <laughs> yes. So as I said, I started at Breast Friends as a volunteer and... Gosh, about a year and a half later, um, I was hired and I became the patient programs assistant to work with Woo-hoo! Yvonne. <laughs> and oh, actually before that, while well, I was still a volunteer, I'm sorry, they asked me to kind of take over and revitalize their hat program, sending out hats to women across the country who've lost their hair during chemo, which was fabulous. Um, then I was hired on officially as a patient programs assistant. And now I'm so excited to be co-hosting this radio show. Oh, well, look at that. That's so cool. Yes. We, well, we, sorry. It looks like we have um, Bill Olson, who is Becky's husband here on the line. And yay. he sounds like he may have a message for us. So we're going to patch yay. him in here. Bill. <laughs> Good Hi, morning, Bill. Bill. Hello. Good morning, ladies. Uh, this is Bill and uh I just want to send you our love, Becky and I both. I've been listening to your program. It's wonderful. Michelle and Yvonne, you guys make a great team, both at the office and now on the podcast. And uh, we're going to support you 110%. I like what Yvonne said. It's so true about Breast Friends. It's a small organization, but any gift of any kind helps a great deal. I'll be sending in a gift to help your podcast out right after I hang up here. And I want to let you both know that um, we just are sending our love to you. And I'm sure you're going to keep reaching out to others and I'm going to leave a note on uh, Breast Friends Around the Globe to do the same, to keep listening and keep supporting you guys. God bless you. We love you. We love you both, Becky. Thank you so much, Bill. Send our love. Yvonne, Becky loves the garden you put in on her patio. That was such a gift. I'm so glad. And she walks out sometimes in the middle of the night and other times during the day just to look at it and show her friends. So God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Oh, we love our Beckys. Give her a big hug from all of us and for all of you around Will the do. all of you out there around the bye-bye the now. world that are listening right now. Bye uh, bye, Bill. <laughs> I'd kind of like to bye-bye, take bye-bye, a moment. Bye, Bill. Thank you. Bye, Bill. Uh, 
we're kind of approaching the end of the show and um, that couldn't have been a more special moment for both Michelle and I to have Bill come on. Um, our hearts are with Becky right now. She is she is a warrior woman and being the heart and soul of Breast Friends, um, she and, and Sharon have um, set the foundation for this organization that now all of you have been blessed being a part of. And I know it would mean a whole lot if um, Becky and Bill both knew that everyone out there right now was just taking a moment to breathe into the fact that Becky is an, a, a gift to all of us and an incredibly special woman and send her some healing power, some positive energy and just I know that she's going to hear this and she's going to feel all of it. So um, Bill and Becky, we love you both. And, you know, I think Michelle, what I'd like to do is let's finish up the talk with there's a, a great thought at the end that, you know, what would you tell other women going through cancer treatment in terms of how to look at this as an opportunity for transition in their lives? Yep. Thank you. Um, Most importantly, take it one day at a time. Find your people who get you and can hold you up on the days that you need it most. When you're done with treatment and ready to transition to the new you, for you will never be the same. Employ the four strategies that I talked about above. Health, huge priority, should never be taken for granted. Figuring out what you want most in your life will lead to a clear path for your future. And as I said, finding your tribe who gets you and supports you and will make your life better. And finally, being able to give back to others and help others is one of life's greatest opportunities and will fill your soul. You will never regret it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, thank you all for joining us today. I thank you, Yvonne, so much. That about wraps up that about wraps up our time here together. Um, I am blessed and I am honored to be here. And again, I want to reiterate what Yvonne said, that we are sending all of our love to Becky and Bill at this time. Um, but again, if you or a loved one are in need of our services, please visit www.breastfriends.org. And if you would like to make a donation, as Bill had said, you can go to our website or text BF Radio to 41444 to help Breast Friends continue on its mission to ensure that no woman goes through cancer alone. The show is available across many platforms. Search Breast Friends wherever you listen to your podcast for past episodes and on the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. If you would like to nominate yourself to be a guest in the future, please send me an email at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Please join Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 12 o'clock noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There is always hope, and we are here to help you find it. We'll talk again next time.